Hello again, DM Adder here. Thank you very much for returning to another episode. In our last episode, the adventurers found themselves in Gru in a market fair. At the market fair, they managed to find themselves some new clothes, some healing potions, and also participated in an archery event, as well as a test of strength. They also met the illustrious No Merchant, which went as bad as well as I expected it to, to be completely honest. And they found themselves ready to leave and on their way towards Sledge. So let's find out what happens in today's episode of Dingoes and Dimwits. So as you guys are now uh, around and about and have done what you need to, it's still early morning, still enough time to move on your way. However, there are about four elven, uh, there are four evergreen guards blocking off that path. Do we get to fight them? Uh, dude, can we talk first? <laughs> Bro, they're, they're only guards. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm asking if, if there is an option to fight. I mean, there's always there an option be. to fight. But just saying, they are the guards of the surrounding region, right? You know how we just got, like, surrounded by them back there? And I destroyed a hay bale, so... <laughs> <laughs> so, Josh, roll me, a D, uh, roll me a perception check. Boom. 17. Okay. You know that just from your general walk around the last half an hour or so, there are four guards blocking the entrance to the Lord's Sledge. There are probably about 17 other old guards in the proximity of this, you know, markets. You get the sense of feeling if you decide to fight one of them, there's probably going to be, you know, 17 others that kind of come back them up. Plus probably the citizens, considering the general guard is there to, you know, protect people. I inform the party that I have... I have made a pretty good observation of the area and and make the comment that uh, I should not be talking any further until we get out of out of this area because because there are a lot of guards and uh, fighting is out of the question. Wise decision. I'm glad you opened your eyes. Welcome to the oh, party. Don't worry, I have I can see a lot more than you, Brow, but that's okay. All right, and you guys wander off just the out of town. There's four guards. They just go stop. This area is off limits. Beyond here is the current rebellion that's going on for the Minotaurs. We are not allowing anyone through the general public unless you are a part of an adventurer's guild and have been issued an order to pass through. We have the guild symbol and it's the mark of an eagle, I think. And um, we do have a mission from the guild to proceed in to collect a quarry of a uh, Minotaur. He just says to you, all right, well, show me the seal. Uh, I, I reach into my inventory, pull out my patch. He wants to see it from all of you. I very quietly show my patch. I assume you also do as well, Ugal? Yes, I reveal my badge. So he's like, okay, yep, that's fine. Oh, Uncle Taro. Okay, how's the old man doing? He's still kicking last Seems week, so. Gone, all right. hmm, good, good. We call him Uncle Taro. The, the oh, evergreen guard, dude. He uh, used to be a great adventurer. Did a lot of the good things, saved the region, you know, those kind of things. Um, yeah, all right. If you're on that way, um, would you be looking for anyone in particular? We've been here pretty much since the rebellion started, so we may have seen people come through. There have there has been another adventurer that went through here about five days ago. We are chasing one said Minotaur with uh, darkened horns. Right, yep. Kills Bane. Off to probably go... Deal with stuff with his father. Yeah, yeah, no worries. All right, by all means, the guards just step aside. They they let you go through. I'm just gonna shuffle Navarth with me. I'm gonna just shuffle no, Navarth no, no. with me. Let me ask questions before we piss off. Is there anything we should be aware of on the route up ahead? Well, there's a civil war going on outside of that. Outside of the obvious. Uh, none of us have gone any further than Gru. Chief Killsbane has told everyone to stay away from Sledge as best as possible. 
there's no other towns in between here and Sledge. It's the safest thing is to stay as far north as here. Do you know if there's a way to discern the two sides, if there is two sides or multiple sides of this civil Quite war? Quite frankly, we didn't even know that there was a civil war until we all received ravens from headquarters saying that there's, the Minotaurs are fighting. I was stationed at an encampment closer towards Evergreen, but now I've been stationed here for the last seven days or so. Yep. I, I haven't really seen any Minotaurs besides your friend, and beyond that, I haven't heard of anything. There's been no battle, fire, or anything in the distance. It's been quite lackluster in terms of information coming through. I don't know why there's a rebellion going on or what the real go with it is, but as far as I'm concerned, as long as people don't get hurt. Well, we'll try and make sure we can uh, get our quarry without uh, hurting anyone. Yeah. And then uh, convince him otherwise to um, not proceed into any more fighting and stuff like that. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, if you if you haven't really met any of the Minotaurs from this region, they're generally a very, very peaceful people, mm-hmm. which I guess sounds a bit odd. But mm. as you guys have obviously asked you questions, you don't have any other for this guard? No, nothing yet. No, I think that's it. You guys head off and, and you know, head along the road. The road through this forest, you know, it's, it's still in a foresty kind of area. It's very similar to what you've been through before. Nothing looks any different. You're kind of just walking along. Uh, who's standing where? Are you walking in a straight line? You're walking in the right and left? Is you in a V formation? How are you walking? What's the chances of me jumping through trees? Why? <laughs> Jeez. Just so that I can have the drop on enemies. I'm a wood elf after all. Yes, but these trees are kind of like it's not a huge thicket of forest like what you're used to. These are smaller trees and to jump from one tree to another would take a lot more time than just walking on the road. It's going to probably make the time take five times as long. No, well, I'll be over here. Yeah, I'll take the lead. All right, so this is the pattern you're walking in with Falas on the left, uh, Boral kind of taking a little bit more of stride in front of everyone else, and then Ugo to the right. Yeah, I'll keep a look out to the left and behind just in case anything, you know, just uh, making that general check so we don't get surprised or anything. You've been walking probably about for an hour and a half, two hours at this point. Um, it's not been that long um, walking along. It's been a pretty peaceful, quiet day, nothing, nothing too untoward. Um, as this is all going on, and you're walking. Falas, make me a perception check. 13. Um, you see in the sky. No, I mean in the sky, sky, like vertically up in the air, just a red-ish kind of flame that seems to be getting bigger and bigger, but not heading directly for you, but heading like far off into the coast. It looks like what you could perceive to be like a meteorite falling through the sky. I pointed out to the guys so they see it too. Yeah, they do now. Um. It hits what you can only assume to be the ocean. Um, it would probably, the way that it's going, would be very far out into the ocean. Uh, yep, so time continues on a little bit more. You walk for another hour, keep keep trucking along, and then you start hearing some yelling in the distance uh, along this path as you're coming up to. Uh, it sounds like people, well, not humans, not any kind of being that really any of you have come into encounter before, but they have real deep voices. And they appear to be yelling um, at one another. One sounds a little bit less coherent than the other. And you come uh, towards what you can see is a crashed cart with a corpse to the side of it that's on fire. And uh, two rather large minotaurs uh, yelling at one another. Um, One of them is saying, why, brother? Why would you do this? It's just an innocent. Why would you do this? The other one is responding in, in kind very incoherently, just 
just nothing that makes any sense. What's going on with you, brother? This is not you. You wouldn't attack people for no reason. Why? As as he's saying that, the the other Minotaur grabs uh, the other one by the horns and proceeds to headbutt him over and over again until the other one collapses in its hands. He then proceeds to throw that other Minotaur's body uh, over into the nearby tree, crashing it over. At that point, he then moves directly into the air uh, in an angry-ish kind of manner. Boral, roll me a perception check. 18. Very nice. Um, you notice that this Minotaur seems a bit off. Uh, its eyes are completely black, and it seems to be drooling, shaking, and like it, it's almost like steam is coming off of its body. Mm. Um, it, is, it, it appears to be very hot. Okay, obviously I'll share this with the rest of the squad. It then looks in your general direction, moves, and then looks square on. Ladies and gentlemen, roll initiative. 19. 11. 23. 9. I swear, you and and me, Ugo, we cannot fucking roll initiative high. We are always shit. I'm a big slow man. (laughs) I'm just shit initiative. I don't know why. Well, in saying that, the situation is going to go as follows. So, Falas, you are top of the round. You will go first, followed by Boral, then Navarth, then the Minotaur, then Ugol. So the Minotaur Great. must have rolled a 10. That it did. So one Minotaur is incapacitated or? The other one is incapacitated. At the moment, we've just rolled initiative. You get the feeling that you're going to be in combat, but... Because you got first, uh, for last, I'm going to say that you have an opportunity to speak if you wish, either to the party or attempt to that Minotaur, and then take your actions. The one that got knocked into the bushes and was in incapacitated, that was the one that was speaking coherently? Yes. Knowing that, I might say that I'm going to try and help that other Minotaur out. I'm going to do dash behind our party and then attempt to hide in the bushes and then try and make my way up. You're going to just uh, spend your movement, head behind the party and then go over to the right, uh, just to the bushes to the right. Okay, so you've moved there and you're going to spend your action to attempt to hide. So roll a stealth check. 15. You are hidden at least in terms of what you can assume the Minotaur sees um, out of its distance. It's definitely not looking at you. So that's your turn. Boral, what are you going to do? I'm going to play this somewhat reasonably. I'm going to take... 15 feet to step forward. I'm going to put myself in between the party and the Minotaur. Uh, I'm actually going to try and call out to see if we can uh, pull any information from him. Now, I just want to say, uh, I gave the opportunity to speak to Falas. If you attempt to try and speak to it, that will count as your action. I understand that. Okay. Just making sure. Um, yeah, sure. What are you, what are you going to say? Uh, oh, how do I how do I word this without getting a Minotaur fired up? Yeah, g'day, mate. You're all right. How's it, how's it going? <laughs> nice horns. <laughs> Well, just simply a minotaur, do you reason, I guess? Minotaur, do you reason? Okay. Uh, more of a persuasion check. A 16. In response to that, the, the minotaur just snarls at you. That's all I need to hear. All right, that's your turn. Next up is Navarth. So I can either attack or I can also try and reason. It's up to you. If 16 is very high on persuasion. I was going to say, I had a really high persuasion check. Yes, I don't want to necessarily make the first move in terms of attacking. It's up to you. He looks pretty angry. So I'm going to move a couple paces north and a couple paces east. And then I am going to pull out Soul String and take a shot 
aiming in between the eyes. Uh, roll me an attack. I roll a nat 20. Nat 20 plus 6, baby. Double damage, double damage, right, double damage. So roll damage. So 10. That's very good. Very, very good. Uh, 10 points of damage. Uh, you hit it um, in the head. Your arrow doesn't stay in it. It like cuts across it uh, and arrow falls to the side. It is bleeding, uh, but it is, yeah, not happy. You've rather pissed it off. That is your turn. Uh, next up is the Minotaur. You always seem to get yourself in bad situations. It's going to move directly in front of you. You've just hit it. Mm-hmm. It's now going to gore you. It's going to use its horns to stab into you and gore. You are so fucking lucky. Uh, I rolled a three plus six uh, is nine, uh, which does not hit your AC. All right, so that's its first attack. It's now going to hit you with its bare hands. Uh, 14 plus three is 17. That's going to hit you. So it's going to do three points of bludgeoning damage. So it's just going to... It's trying to dig at you with its horns. It doesn't quite get you properly, um, but it's just going to punch you straight in the face. So take three points of damage. Yep, done. It's going to do a bonus action um, called Snarl. The uh, target that takes damage nearby the Minotaur has to make a wisdom saving throw. If it is unsuccessful, that creature then drops to its knees. So make a wisdom saving throw. <coughs> I rolled an eight. All right. Uh, in the motion uh, of that, you it snarls, yelling in the air. In that same process, you grab at your ears, drop down to your knees. Is it safe to say, like, something's obviously taken over this? You have no idea. But we don't know that yet. Is it worth using my lay on hands pool to see if I can cure, like, a disease or neutralize something? You can take an action to do so, but you could potentially waste it um, if it is. Or the other option you could do is just do, like, a, I don't know, a, a medicine or a, like, that kind of check to see whether or not it's there's anything you can see that would be causing it to um, be crazed. I guess that's a choice but if you do that you won't be able to attack that turn yeah okay we're gonna run 20 feet right next to it i would like to equip my battle axe and shield yep so just roll a hit dc with your battle axe uh it's a 14 that's gonna hit it so roll me roll me some damage uh it is nine nine that is a fair bit of damage you just smack him so you cut into him slashing at him his fur Seems to take a fair bit of the brunt of this. I should mention uh, this Minotaur is basically naked. They don't have dong hanging because they have fur. So if you were curious about where its dong is, it's currently hidden in its fur. Just so you know. We'll run from an alien's face. That is true. Well, I mean, it's in its fur. So that is Ugor's turn. Um, you still obviously have your bonus actions um, to to do, but you don't have you're not dual wielding a weapon. And the shield doesn't count as a weapon; it's a defensive item. Uh, if it counted as a weapon, you wouldn't get a boost to your armor class. Just to clarify, though, if you wanted to ever shield bash with your shield, that would be an actionable turn of combat. However, it would be the same as punching someone. All right, so that's your turn. It is now back up to the top of the round. Falas, your turn. So your vision is completely clear. You, you've you just seen Navarth walk up, shoot this arrow. The Minotaurs walk back over, uh, punched him in the face, and then he screamed and dropped to the ground, and then Ugor's just slashed at him. I'm going to continue my way on to try and make it to this Minotaur that launched into the yep. bushes. Now, I will say that as you pass, pass, because of the spacing that you're at, right here is a attack of opportunity. So you're going to walk past the other Minotaur. So you're going to do that? Yep. Okay. Yep. I will roll to see if he hits you. 
Nat one. Uh, so never mind. <laughs> okay then. <laughs> I'm going to use the healing pot and I'm going to try and uh, see if I can heal this minotaur. He currently looks incapacitated. Now, how incapacitated works when it's like when they've been knocked unconscious, giving them a healing potion doesn't necessarily wake them. If you're ever trying to wake someone, you can expend an action to slap them or try to wake them up. I'll attempt to wake him. Yeah, with my action then. So roll me a medicine check. Four. Hell yeah. Right, so you walk up, you stand next to it, um, you just slightly smack it in the face going wake up hello wake up please yeah doesn't appear to do anything all right then so that's your turn now brow seeing as he's uh deciding to do what he's doing i'm going to step in behind the minotaur yep. to make a nice surrounding circle and uh i'm gonna waste no time in readying both short swords and i'll swing with the first the roll hits a four uh nope <laughs> uh roll your second attack uh, a quick swing and a miss, and warming up, and I, I roll again, and I swing for 13. He is going to not hit. And I glint off his armor uh, before becoming quite embarrassed. <laughs> he doesn't. He's not wearing any armor that you can perceive. It's just his fur. Yeah. He just like take off a couple of bits of hair. It is now in the vast turn. You have been knocked down to your knee. So stand up is half your movement. That's fine. I'm not going to move. Ooh. I put Soul String away and ready my swords. Okay. Before I attack, I will cast Hunter's Mark on the Minotaur. So you've now marked it? Yep. So I'll hit him once. Right. I hit a nine. All right. That's uh, not going to hit. So if you did hit him, you would have a bonus 1d6 damage. So in this situation, that's you missed. So that's your turn. Next up is the Minotaur. Um, it's going to turn to Ugor. It's not happy about you um, hurting it. It's going to try and gore you now. Um, that's a six plus two, so no. Ugo's like, you will try. <laughs> so I haven't taken any damage yet, and I won't. I will continue not to. Um, all right, so he's not going to do that now. He misses. He is going to snarl as his bonus action. So make a uh, wisdom saving throw. Eleven. Yep. All right, you make it. So you don't drop to the ground. You just hear him snarl really, really loud in the air. So next, he is going to try and punch you square in the face. If it doesn't matter, you've got an AC of 19. He hits an 18, but it doesn't matter. Your armor class is above it. He punches and it <laughs> glints right off your shield. Um, that is going to be his turn. Next up, it is your turn. Cool. Uh, I'm just going to take a big, big old swing. Uh, one-handed. Um, I rolled a 16. Roll me some damage, baby. And I'm going to do nine damage again. He's hurt. He's not bloodied yet, but he hurt. That is your turn. Top of the round. Back up two for last. He's um not uh, dead or anything. He's all bleeding out. He's just completely unconscious. And I wasn't able to wake him. You can imagine the situation is he's had a pretty bad concussion and it's knocked him the fuck out. I guess I'm going to make my way back to the other Minotaur then and uh, I'll cast a Shocking Grasp. It gets advantage if he's wearing metal and he can't take a reaction. It is a touch, so roll, roll to hit. 19. It's going to hit and roll me some lightning damage three damage so he's not wearing any metal that you can discern it's just, it's just mostly fur he appears to be naked the other one is wearing like uh just clothing next up it is Boral. i'm gonna waste no time short swords at the ready first swing 19 to hit and that's gonna hit Romy's in damage and i hit him for four four all right nice that hurt that hurt him first slash comes across hit him hit him second slash comes in hitting on 14 
that is going to hit. And for the damage, only for two. Only for two. Oh, yeah, he's pretty, he's pretty hurt, still not bloodied yet. And you know what? I'm going to also then use my second wind. Sorry, no, not my second wind, sorry. Um, Action search is the one. So an extra action that you can use on this turn, this can be an additional attack or it can be healing, whatever, whatever it is. It's literally just another action. I'll roll for one more unarmed, so not unarmed strike, short sword strike, which rolls at 19 to hit. It's going to hit. Roll me some damage. And I'll hit him for three damage. Three damage. He's looking bloodied, people. Oh, oh. About time. Righto, boys. Oh, he ran. You get that, that Pokemon. Dinin, dinin, I am going to follow in suit of Brow's attacks and ready my short swords to hopefully hit for just as hard. So I roll to hit and I roll a 14. Roll damage. And so I roll a f- six Oof. plus. Uh, and a six. six. Oof. All right. So you have your bonus action again. And I roll my second, which is a ten. Ten's not gonna hit. So I don't hit him a second time, but I still he did twelve damage. So that's gonna. And for a lot of damage. Yeah. It's probably pissed him off. Uh, yes, you have. <laughs> uh, it's now its turn. Um, unfortunately, this is a mistake you all have made. This Minotaur has a ability called uh, Surrounding Surge. Essentially, when this creature has been surrounded by enemies. It can then choose to expel its movement completely and take an additional action. Right. It already has the ability to attack twice and also screech. It can now attack three times. And because of its positioning, it can attack multiple targets. So it's going to straight up first. It's going to try and attack Ugol and it's going to roll a 20. Yep, it's going to hit you finally. (laughs) It's going to hit you finally. And it's going to gore you as well in that motion. All right, so that is nine plus two. So that's 11 points of damage. It's going to stab into you, rip, and you are now... Jesus Christ. All right, so that's its first attack. Ow. Um, It's now going to turn to Navarth. It's going to try and punch you. Cool. So, and that rolls a 13. It's going to hit. All right, so it's going to roll. All right, so you now take four points of bludgeoning damage. Tight. It's going to turn to Burrell, and it's also now going to also try and gore him. That is 15. They're going to hit you. Uh, not one. Your AC is 16. <laughs> now, because it has hit two people, it's going to snarl. So both uh, Ugor and Navarth, please make a wisdom saving throw. Nat 20. Fuck you, Minotaur. <laughs> nat 20s and saving throws don't really mean anything um, unless it's something that's like you're dying. Did you get a nat 20 as well, Ugo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> we both just said get fucked. <laughs> he has a voice crack. <laughs> Inside of both of your heads, you just hear like a high five for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> we mentally high five, yeah, Ugo. <laughs> and, and vice versa. Um, yep, so you both don't get dropped to the ground. Um, you, he screams, your ears hurt a little, and that's really it. Nothing, nothing to damage if you were to describe it it was it, it like I, I don't know that we're probably not supposed to know about lion king but it's like simba trying to roar for the Rawr. first time Rawr. 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 <laughs> uh, all right so that's the minotaur's turn ugor it's now your turn you are fucked up yeah the first bit of damage you've taken has dropped you below half health i'm on eight hp Damn. Um, i am gonna fuck this cunt up show me one arm battle axe yep so that's 24 that's gonna hit so roll me that one, uh, 1d8 plus 3. Uh, that's 11. And that's a lot of damage. That's a lot of damage. He looks pretty fucking hurt, dudes. He looks pretty fucking hurt. Falas, it's your turn. He's hurt. I'm going to cast Shocking Grasp again. Right. Zappy, zappy. 
13. It's not not enough. Attempt to zap at him. It like shocks off the his fur going into the air and dissipating. Oh, because I didn't hit, I'm, uh, I'm going to stay. <laughs> if I did hit, I was going to move. But since I didn't, I'm going to stay. <laughs> All right, so that's your turn. It's now Boral's. I'm going to waste no time, gentlemen. Another swing with a short sword. I just completely <laughs> missed him. <laughs> it's a five. Not going that's to hit. five. I'm going to swing again. And now I'll actually hit 17. him for a 17. That's a hit, baby. I'm swinging for damage. I'm going to hit him for two. Um, he's looking very, very hurt. And uh, yeah, I think that's all I can do at the moment. I ain't going to move and give him an opportunity to attack. It's probably not wise. <laughs> all right. It's now the bath. So I might just attack my short swords. Show me some damage. Hit him. I roll a 15. That's going to hit. Show me some damage. Four plus, plus another six. So 10. And then my second shot. Yeah, if I can roll a two. Okay, of course so that I'll one's be. not going to hit. All right. You slash at him with the, your first attack uh, and marking so. What would normally be a fatal blow isn't. At that same motion, you see one of the wounds from earlier completely heal up. And your damage that you've hit him with makes him recoil, but he snaps back. He's no longer looking bloodied. Oh no, this motherfucker can heal. What do you heal him with your nature abilities? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's been that. That's your turn. It's now its turn. Every single person here, roll me a perception check right now. 16. I got a 4. 5. 10. 4, 10, 16, 5. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, Brow. What do I see? You see black mist coming from its mouth, but at the same time, you see red mist surround it, like above it. The red mist is so faint, it's almost like a pink. Oh. You can't really tell what it is. Every single person here make a dexterity saving throw except for Boral. 20. Google. Nice. 10. 10. Yep. 9. Okay. At that same point in time, Boral, Navath, and Ugor, all without their knowledge of understanding why, take a step backwards. But the Minotaur doesn't attack. Falassa, on the other hand, stays right where he is. In that same motion, the red mist explodes into a much larger red mist surrounding right next to the Minotaur, almost making up a figure. You see part of the red mist go up in the air and then strike the back of the Minotaur in the back of the head. The Minotaur drops to the ground. It looks unconscious, as far as you can tell. The red mist then puts an orb in front of the Minotaur's mouth and a black smoke starts to seep out from its mouth straight into the orb and it starts to completely fill up until it's a solidly dark, ethereal black orb. The black mist dissipates, and before you stands a rather large-looking individual in a black cloak that has just taken a mask straight off of its face. Boral, you can't see anything but a black cloak. Navath, on the other hand, you can see that this person has long, pointy eyebrows and features of that of an elf. Mm-hmm. No one really does uh, anything. You all get a weird sense of feeling. Ugor, it's your turn now. We are still in initiative, but the Minotaur is on the ground. If I move back, will he have an opportunity to attack? That depends. I can't say for certain whether it will or it won't. It doesn't appear to have any weapons equipped uh, in hand. I, I'm going to take the chance. And just move away from it? I'm going to move uh, 15 feet back to right. the left. As you step away from it, um, it just looks at you. It doesn't appear to do anything about it. And 
I'm gonna. That's my turn. I'm gonna leave that's it there. Your turn. Yep. All right. So in the same motion, uh, Falas, the character that's standing there, this tall, elven-looking person, then looks directly at you. It has red, like blood red irises for the white surrounding. It has very, very pale skin, but it appears to look like an elf. Does the eyes remind me of the piercing eyes that were in my dream? No. Not at all. Good. <laughs> I'll speak up and see if it can respond. Who are you? What What have you done to this creature? It, um, it laughs. <laughs> ah. ah, silly adventurous. I'm not your enemy here. I've come here to stop this from happening, preventing you from fighting and killing such an innocent creature. The orb that I've put in front of its mouth has taken what was controlling it out, and I will be disposing of that shortly. That's all it says. Velas has then moved on to Boral. Almost instinctively, like it knows you're about to make some kind of move or talk or something along those lines, it turns to and looks directly at you. Well, I'll move on to the road. Just to simply become, just to just enter line of sight a bit, bit nicer. You know, I don't, I don't want to be putting anything around me in case there is some sort of tension. And I'll simply ask, why a minotaur? Why a minotaur? I'm not sure what you mean. I certainly did not cause this to happen to this minotaur, if that's what you're inferring. Why not show as yourself? Why a minotaur? Oh, is that what you think has happened? <laughs> no. I was in the area and heard an altercation happen. So, as my duty to my commander, my chief, I went out of my way to stop you from killing one of his kin. So, I incapacitated the Minotaur and have now taken what was crazing it out. I was not controlling the Minotaur. Uh, that's the end of my turn. I, I've already had a chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. Um, it's kind of tension... It, it feels very tense right now, which is great. Um, Navarth, are you going to say anything? I'm going to shoot. <laughs> Please, no. I roll a... Fuck you, cunt. 12. Okay. That's... Um, well, as you fire your arrow, he turns and looks at you, and blood comes out of his hand, almost in, like, uh, being able to control it, uh, and catches your arrow mid-shot. He then pulls the blood back to his hand and uh, looks at the arrow and just goes, I've seen better. And then drops the arrow to the right. ground. Right. I'm not your enemy, Elf. I was once more along the lines of what you were a long, long time ago. So that's that. And um, I'm going to now say that it's going to speak on its behalf. If you are wondering why this situation has happened, I do not have answers for you. However, I have come here to prevent any more bloodshed between the Minotaurs. I work directly under the chief, Killsbane. I am a trusted advisor of his, and I have no intention of seeing a war continue between his people. I was out here searching for his son in the hopes that I would find him so he could aid me. I do not take pleasure in killing if I must, but you, Elf, if you decide to attack me again, that will be the very last thing you do. Josh, roll me a d20. You may speak a big game, but I'm no fucking pushover. Okay, so I think we're going to lose Navarth quite early in the campaign. I roll a 19. So, at that same point in time, he looks at you, you get a tight feeling in your chest. Very tight. And you're starting to sweat a little. 
you are starting to feel the pressure, literally just the pressure of this individual around you. And you get the sense that if, if you try to fight this elf, you will die, regardless of how strong you think you are. It will kill you. Not scared, but I won't attack again. Whether or not you believe it or not, your body will not react to attack this uh, creature regardless. Um, so that is the situation that he is presented to you now. Now, forgive me, I must introduce myself. My name is Gardril Tofmorn. I am an elf that works directly under the chief Killsbane. I've said this twice now, I am not your enemy, but I will take no hesitation in taking your lives if need be. If you further impede my quest to stop this rebellion. Initiative is kind of fizzled at this point. You now can all f speak freely if you wish. Ask questions, no one, so on and so forth. I'm going to attempt to fucking heal old mate or wake him up. <laughs> so he then says, don't worry, elf. Half elf. I will take care of that. I will en endeavor to make sure that there is no issue from these minotaurs waking up. I can assure you that whatever dark possession has come over this one, the other one has not. And I have dealt with what has taken this over. He then bends down, picks up the black orb, the ground. This is pure darkness. You orc would know this to be true. And as you look at it, and the orb that he holds in his hand, Ugor, you see that it is dark and you can feel, as a paladin especially, that it's just straight evil. You don't even have to check for divine sense. In that orb, it is just pure and utter, unattainable evil. Am I able to walk over to Ugor and cure him with cure wounds? He can also heal himself, but yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, you, you want to I walk know, over and do that? He's going to get healed by nature, bitch. <laughs> so I cast Cure Wounds, and he was healed by four. I just give him a, a nice tap on the probably chest because I'm too short to hit his shoulder, but, <laughs> you know, say, good good work out there, mate. Embrace nature. You know you love it. Right. As he does that, you just feel a little bit better, and then suddenly that heals you up before. Yep. I then turn to Gardril and say to him, we've been hunting for Killsbane. You say he's your leader? Chief Killsbane is my leader. His son, Killsbane, I have been looking for myself. Right. He did not come to Sledge. I'm not sure why. I'm concerned. I have known him since he, before he was a cub. I have been with his father for the past 80 years. This is confident. Friend if it were. Right. Young Killsbane has been missing for some time, but only for probably the last five days. As soon as he did not arrive with the time frame that we were expecting him to, I went searching. Now, the obvious thing would have been to check on the main roads, but I didn't think so. I checked out into the forests because the main roads are quite clear, as you can see. Do we know where he was last sighted? I heard that he passed through the village to the south approximately five days ago. That was the last as anyone has seen him. I have picked up trails of other minotaurs, but this facade of a rebellion is no more than just misconstrued information being passed around. To tell you the truth, only a few minotaurs have become crazed like this one here. We're unsure how or why, but I have some semblance it has something to do with young Killsbane's disappearance. So I have been making sure that any and all minotaurs that appear to have any darkness in them, it is quelled and taken care of. As he says that, he then 
puts the blackened orb in, in the palm of his hand and literally crushes it. The dark mist in, in his hand just turns to ash and falls to the ground. I will do what I can to protect these people. So being an adventurer for as long as you have, you'd be at least level 10, right? Can you impart any wisdom on us or teach us anything that would help us and aid us in our ongoing adventure and, and, and search for young Killsbane? To be quite frank with you, I don't know you. For me, giving you any form of information is beyond unnecessary. You clearly held yourself on your own against this uh, minotaur, a crazed one at that. But I get the sensation that you would not be prepared to fight one that had full coherent understanding of its surroundings. This minotaur made rash actions and took decisions that a normal minotaur in combat wouldn't do. Catch yourself lucky for that. Look, I will be uh, straightforward with you. If you are heading towards Sledge, mention my name to the guards at the gate. They will let you in. See my chief. He will help you whichever way he can. If you are truly looking for young Killsbane, then that means Taro likely sent you. Is that true? Yeah, I actually believe him now because I was going to wait until he said the other name. Taro is an old friend of mine. I was once an adventurer with both Killsbane and Taro. Taro being the leader of our bunch and me being what they called the sweeper. Right. So why did you appear from Red Mist? That has to do with my mask. He holds the mask in his hand. The mask is a white mask with uh, two eye holes in it and uh, a bunch of red runic markings on it. This mask allows me to transform into a form of mist. The color of red has to do with other things. I will endeavor to take care of these two minotaurs if you want to head your way towards Sledge. It's only a few hours from here. The human that's dead behind the cart there. I have already checked the pulse of. They are dead. So I will endeavor to take care of that and notifying their family as well. At that point in time, it whistles and you just see a raven from the sky come down and land on its shoulder. In its hand, it pulls out uh, a note, ties it to the raven's foot. The raven then flies off. Its family will be notified. Damn, there's not a whole lot more we can do here, hey? We could wait to make sure that the two Minotaur actually do awaken and not leave them unconscious to this person just in case for any final precautions make sure they actually get up and then continue on i'm also going to wander over just up past the cart so a bit further north about 40 feet from where i am and pick up my arrow yep there's also an arrow at his feet remember you did shoot it at him and he dropped it to the ground yes I, I definitely did. So, <laughs> so I wander over Gadril and uh, pick up my arrow as well. Quite ashamed of my shot regardless. I would have rather it be broken, to be honest. <laughs> and he, he then looks at you and says, regardless of how well you would have shot that arrow, I would have caught it. So, And he then says, well, if you're not going to leave immediately, I will make, wake these Minotaur. He then turns around and kneels to the ground next to the one he's knocked out. He rolls it over with no effort and then sticks his hand on its forehead. All the blood that's currently outside of its body on its outside starts to be sucked up in towards the inside of its body. And its wounds are not clear, but a lot of the blood loss that it's taken has been uh, sucked up back into its body. The minotaur in front of him is groggily awoken. What happened? He then wanders over to the other minotaur as well that is on the ground and proceeds to place his hand on its head again. And then within moments, it, that one also awakens. The one that you've been fighting then turns to its brother and goes, I'm, I'm sorry, brother. I'm, I'm not sure what happened. 
My head, it's a swirly mess. The other minotaur just grabs the other one and hugs him. I'm glad you're okay, brother. Thank you, Godzilla. We appreciate your help. I did not expect to see you here. We were looking for young Killsbane when my brother just started acting strange. And this cart with the human that was sitting on the side of the road or asking for change, it, he, he turned and thrashed and killed the human. The one that you guys have fought then puts its head down and said, I've never taken a human life. I've never taken any life. I've never even hurt, harmed another. I am a failure of a minotaur. Godil, I will happily take my death as penance. Godil walks over and, and then flicks him on the forehead. Foolish. If you die, then you cannot make penance for what you've done. His family has been notified. You must endeavor to fix things. So, when you can, you must travel to where this human's family lives and pay penance for what you have done. The other one responds, yes, I will. And Godil turns around and says, are you satisfied now? The minotaurs are awake. I know your suspicions of me may have been completely clear and reasonable. Warranted. But at the same time, there's no need for you to be here any longer. I will tend to these two and make sure that they are not injured any further. We will travel back to the city soon. It's only about two and a half hours from here. Once again, mention my name at the gate. It'll get you in. Yep, on the way. Let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah, let's, let's keep moving, eh? I'm out of here. <laughs> let's keep moving on. Keep on going. So, now that that transaction has transpired, uh, you guys leave the area and you head off and you come to a large gate that you can see in the distance. A large metal gate with stone walls surrounding the area and minotaur guards standing at front holding glaives. Uh, they're in leather armor and they all appear to have uh, a red sash around the left side of their shoulder and as you approach the city you can see that it's not a very large city you can't really see any buildings too much over you can see some smoke from the city some there's pretty just normal looking area beyond that it's just kind of walls stone walls with a large metal gate with a small metal door the guards then stop you stop we are not allowing any adventurers through we've been sent by gadriel gadriel sent you yes uh, yeah, he met us on the road further down. A bloody elf. He will do anything he wishes. We're hunting for young Killsbane. Oh, I can tell you now he hasn't been through here for quite some time. But if he's sent you through for with his name, Gadgerl has, then he wants you to see the chief. One of the mentors turns around and opens the ga uh, gate door, allowing you to walk through into the city center. Please take heed. A lot of people are a bit distressed. A few people have gone missing. No need to stress. I'm too tired to pull my usual antics. Fair enough. <laughs> so you, you four enter into the city. The city is pretty much a mixture of like what... Uh, actually, Ugo, you can kind of tell it's kind of a mixture of like sandstone kind of architecture with a bit of orc inspiration, actually. Yeah, those tents look familiar. You notice that the city as population appears to be not just minotaurs, but a kind of a mixture of a lot of races, including quite a lot of orcs. Oh! As a half-orc, you are not discouraged for being a half-orc by any means. There's a few orcs around here. Humans, minotaurs, uh, not really any elves, maybe a couple here and there, but uh, it's mainly just minotaurs and orcs and whatnot. In the distance, you see a large building uh, with braziers on top, uh, lit with a large crowd um, standing in front of the building and, and a figure on top 
the figure appears to be speaking down to all of the people below. You guys have just entered town. What would you like to do? Would you like to keep going forward? I mean, we just we just came off the road from a, from a festival to walking to a battle with a now known figure to be an elf, and now we've walked again. I'm feeling pretty pretty pooped. Yeah, I need an ale. Yeah, yeah. Are, are you are you not tempted to at least see what um is going on at the city center? I'll head to the city center. Yeah. You you get within earshot. You start hearing a a what a large minotaur, a very grade one Namath. You notice that the minotaur has black horns, and you catch basically the end of the speech, which he just says, "This rebellion is false. It does not exist. We will make sure everyone is returned home safely. I promise you." And then he walks back towards away from the edge of the, the top of the building and the, the crowd starts to disperse. There, there is a path uh, with stairs that leads directly up into what you can assume to be the town hall mm-hmm. that's quite open with large red drapes uh, of cloth uh, surrounding the variety of the area and a large red kind of flooring that you can kind of just make out at the top of the stairs that leads into the building. I point that out to the party that I saw a minotaur on the roof with black horns as described for what young Killsbane has. So we could make a reasonable assumption that that might be the chieftain and that we should go and check him out. Yep. Yeah. All right. So you guys wander inside to the main area. It's it's at the back of the room uh, as you walk up into it's red flooring with some couches and stoning. There's like a reception desk just to the left as you walk in. Uh, with a young, uh, a very effeminate uh, human sitting on one of the table with glasses, taking notes. She then looks up and then goes, oh, adventurous. Okay. Well, today couldn't get any weirder. Um, what can I do for you? What's that supposed to mean? What's been so weird about today? Oh, it's just so many minotaurs have gone missing. My husband has gone missing. He went with his brother yesterday afternoon. I don't know. They normally go overnight and return in the morning. He didn't return this morning. I'm a little bit worried, but he is he is a grown man, and I believe that he will come back fine. Um, oh, no, I can't meta game. <laughs> what do you want to say, Trent? What do you want to say? I don't want to say anything. <laughs> I don't know. She did say that her husband... You know, went earlier in the, in the uh, last night. Usually comes back early morning. Oh no! Oh. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Oh shit! Oh no! Would you be able to describe your husband by chance, ma'am? Ah, oh, he's a he's a minotaur. Um, about five foot six ish. Does he usually travel with a friend? With his brother. With his brother. Well, we di- we did happen to cross them uh, on our way up from Gru. Oh, is he okay? Um, yes, he's he's fine. They're okay now. What do you mean by that? Um, Gadriel stepped in, and uh, I think they're going to make their way back with him. Fair enough. I am the chief's advisor, so I am aware of this dark myth that's been encompassing some minotaurs. I told my husband not to go out. I told him that he would get in trouble, but he said he was going with his brother and that he would be fine. And ah, man, they never listen. Yep, that's us. The, the very unlistening uh, men. Yeah. Speak for yourself. Definitely definitely didn't attack your husband. Um, is the chieftain available? He is available. He was just doing a speech to the people. Also, um, 
I'm going to take a wild guess. You probably did fight my husband, and I'm hoping that Gajul just came in and prevented it. It is kind nah, of his thing. No, 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 no. We actually, um, we fought his brother. You see, your brother, his brother knocked your husband out. So, we had to teach him a lesson. It's okay. Right. Just a bit of brotherly rivalry. Right. So, um, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to step, just to step Navarre to the side, just. He, he loves to run around with his stories, but simply put, your husband is fine and should be returning with good to do a little bit later. Okay. You realize I will just prod Gadriel for this later. And that's entirely up to, uh, to you. I think Gudril will probably have a lot more consensus on it and probably a lot more information as well, seeing as uh, he realistically did most of the work. Mm, fair enough. I want to say he started it, but I kind of shot the first arrow. So, Han, Han shot first, so... Right, I shot first. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. You, sir, you elf, you are a dick. <laughs> Thank you. I, I'm glad I you get noticed. it all. The t- I get it all the time. Well, in any case, uh, are we able to make a meeting to see this chieftain? <laughs> that's fine. Do you, if you look down the hall, and you, she points down the hall, and just sitting in like a throne that's kind of like haggard. Um, you see the you know large minotaur chieftain sitting there, grey with black horns talking to an orc advisor to his to his right. Yeah, by all means, go see him now. This is probably the best time of day to do so. Right. Well, we'll continue over and talk to the chieftain, inform him inform him that we've been sent by Taro and we're searching for his son and we'd love any information that he could provide and we appreciate that he probably doesn't have any information. Well, I appreciate you telling me this, but maybe tell it to the chief. Um, Bye. Yeah, g'day, chieftain. <laughs> you just say that to her or? <laughs> you walk over towards the chief. The chief is talking and then uh, looks at you as he's speaking, adjusts himself in his seat and then goes, ah, all right. Hello, adventurers. Good day to you. My name is Chief Killsbane. I appreciate you coming here. Matter of fact, I know why you're here already. I received a letter from Taro last night saying that he sent four adventurers to come to my aid. I'm surprised you all made it here in one piece. I heard that you came into a minotaur altercation down the road. Yeah, well, it was a couple minotaurs, but uh, we only had to fight one of them, fortunately. Uh, two might have been a bit more hectic, but, um, you know, as you can see, we're all relatively okay. Not too not too scathed. I got to ask though, why why did you name your son the same as you? That's just incredibly poor writing. We <laughs> wow oh. wow wow. Now you don't don't think that chief, kings normally go by their surname, right? And their bloodline normally go by their surname. You haven't asked fucking first names at all. So it's not my poor writing. You just haven't asked. <laughs> Damn, this, this elf, man, he really he really just fires off some zingers, huh? <laughs> As you are saying that, you just hear a snicker, just a laugh, and um, a red mist appears next to the chief and the mask comes off and a gadril appears in front of you. He beat you here, apparently, and told the chief about it, or at least it seems like he did. See, see, chief, I told you, they uh, still appear to be a bit wet behind the ears. What the hell is that supposed to mean, Gadril? You were fresh. Right. Do not okay. talk to me as if you have lived a great and voluptuous life, young elf. I've lived far longer than you have. Look, just because you've been venturing just about as long as I've been alive doesn't mean I have to listen to everything you say. Killsbane then, then laughs and just says, ha, ha. Uh, how old are you, elf? Uh, fuck, am I 69? I can't remember. You're 56. 
Am I 56? I thought I was in the 60s. Uh, he then goes, ha, uh, you're about to pup. I am 112, and my good friend here is over 500 years old. Much longer than you elves normally live, but that has to do with the factor of him being a vampire and all. Right. That explains okay. the blood. <laughs> now, Gojil just smir- smirks and goes, yes, I have lived over 500 years, and I will not tell you, my king, how old I am. Gilsbane just says, one of these days I will guess the right age. I've known you for hundred of my years, and yet you still won't give it to me. How about we say 685? How about that? I haven't guessed that one yet. Uh, Gadriel just goes, you have, and nowhere near close. 437. Nowhere near close. I interject and, and, and ask, if he ever did guess the right number, would you actually confirm it to be true? That is a good question. He looks at the chief. The chief looks at him very suspiciously. And Gadriel then goes, maybe. <laughs> I then throw my two cents of 1,245. Wow, that's actually a very good guess. You're right on the money. I don't know if you can tell from my tone, but that was not correct. That was sarcasm. Can I say, it, uh, it, that was a bit too fortunate. Your, your, tone, your tone didn't really scream sarcasm, but there was no way I was going to be right. <laughs> I will say somewhere between 500 and 900 years. That narrows down a lot. That's how much the chief has had an attempt in the last 100 years. He's tried to guess. Killsman then turns to you and says, so you're looking for my son. Uh, so you know Duradim has been missing for five days as far as we're able to know. Um, and I have not been able to make any contact with my son since well before then. I sent a letter asking if he could help with this rebellion when we first thought it was a rebellion. We now know that it is very much the case that uh, corruption of darkness has plagued some of my people. But in saying that, thanks to Gadiro here, we have maybe only two or three missing, including my son. Everyone else has been accounted for. This rebellion is nothing but a facade. But we cannot tell the outside world yet. Someone is clearly twisting the key. Until we know for sure who is causing it, we will keep this as an internal matter. Gadriel, have you had any success in working out the cause of the darkness? No, I have not. It's been far too long since I dealt with dark magic of this level. And even so, it's not something that I can really give you an answer to. It's pure darkness. I would say that it would have something to do with the Dark Lord, but he was taken care of long, long ago. And if he is returning, then we are in for some trouble. As he says that, he looks at you all suspiciously. But you already knew that, didn't you? You know about the Dark Lord. You've had some experience with something related to him, haven't you? We experienced some weird shit in a cave. Your name's in blood? Yeah. Well, that could be done by any dark sorcerer. There's no guarantee that the Dark Lord has returned, and if he has, we're going to need a lot more than just some Gaspar, especially coming from a cocky elf like you. Hmm. Backhand comments from a 700-year-old fuckwit. Not even close. <sighs> you say that under your breath and he responds immediately. Almost like he could, he heard that. Did you defeat the Dark Lord last time he was a rose? Uh, Ugo, you remember a little bit of a story to do with uh, Brighthammer. The fact that the Brighthammer and his party went several hundred years ago to fight the Dark Lord and defeated him. And unfortunately, that was the day that Brighthammer and his party perished. Was slain, yeah. 
Gadiel basically says, mm, as your paladin friend here knows, the last heroes that fought the Dark Lord perished in stopping him. That was over 700 years ago, and I may or may not have been around. Were you a part of that party? Was I? No. Would I have been had I had the opportunity? Yes. I, uh, I want to ask how um, Gadriel became a vampire. No. Why not? Because I am the last of my kind. I do not thirst for blood because of the steps that I have taken. I cannot let any others know how I have been made in the potential chance that it will create more. Not even Chief here knows. Right. But I will tell you this. I have been a vampire for more than 400 years. And it was my right that I slayed my kin. Uh-huh. With uh, locating your son, what information do you have of the darkness that you pulled out of that other minotaur? Do you have any hints or clues? Slim to none in terms of any information. It's, it's, we don't really know what's going on. Uh, Killsbane uh, interjects and goes, look, as far as we are concerned, the entirety of the time that we are have been talking here, my son could be anywhere. I do not know, have not heard, or have any idea where he is. Gajil here has searched everywhere. Well, almost everywhere. The last two places he hasn't searched is the two mountains nearby. They're not necessarily the safest of places. Goblins generally lurk in those areas, and they are usually not friendly. What about our, our sledge itself? Has any new arrivals happened before? The events of uh, the mist and all that? No. Nothing that could be any untoward. People generally come to and from Sledge. Most people come through here are quite known. Mm. The only new people we have seen in the last week has been you. So we assume that Dorodeem's gone missing somewhere on the way to Sledge if he never made it here. So realistically speaking, we need to go back the way we came and search off of the route. Godzilla's already searched. Yeah, he said the only places are the mountains. The mountains nearby are the only places we have not searched yet. So basically what you're saying is we need to go to the mountains. Possible, yeah. But it is late afternoon and Godzilla has been searching for the last three days straight. Well, being a vampire and all, plus an elf, don't think sleep would be of an issue for him. Godzilla laughs and just says, it's true, sleep is not of an issue for me, but rest is still needed. I'm not an infinite stamina being. As much as being a vampire may seem, drinking the blood of others does nothing more than heal me. My king, what I will do is I will endeavor to search one of these mountains first light tomorrow. It might be worth sending these, this party to the other. I have no objections to that, yeah. Yeah, we can do that. I say we get some rest and then we leave at the first sign of light. Oh, before you ask it, by the way, Gajil says, yes, I am a vampire, and yes, I can walk in sunlight. Generally, vampires suffer in sunlight. However, that is because they drink the blood of humans. If a vampire partakes in the blood of a darkling, sunlight means nothing. Darklings are feeble demonic beasts that rip through hell every so often, which is the only reason why I do not have the taste for human, elf, or minotaur blood. Uh-huh. It's a good thing none of you are a darkling. What, you'd eat us? I don't eat. Drink. You could try. 
I was going to say, do you have any recommendations of where we can stay? Kilsvane just says, look, out to the right, you can head out and stay at one of the inns. Uh, as you were helping me find my son, you can stay free of charge. Just let the innkeeper know that I have sent you. They will take care of meals as well. All right, no problem. Thank you very much. Um, you wander out and you see that it's starting to get nighttime. Uh, it's no longer daytime. It's now nighttime. Um, nighttime. <laughs> you head out towards the inn. Um, and as you enter in, there is a, um, orc woman behind the, uh, one of the counters who, who lifts up and swiping down the bench and just looks at you and goes, oh, guests. Uh, sure. I'm guessing the king has asked for you to stay here and I'm going to guess free of charge. Certainly did. Yes, he did. Uh, my husband will do anything, won't he? You're, you're the, uh, chieftain's wife. Second wife. Second wife. How's business going? Business is lackluster considering the town has been closed. I do what I must. I upkeep, I clean, and that's pretty much it. My name is Belle Killsbane. And by second wife, I mean the mother of, well, my son. I call him my son, but he's not. Died during childbirth. That's unfortunate. Yes. But I have been married to the chief for the last 30 years. It's a fair amount of time. Young Durodim is only 31. So, I'm guessing you want a place to stay, and my husband has likely said that you can stay here free and with free meals. Am I wrong? Uh, we didn't hear the free meals. Don't recall hearing free meals. Oh, you want to pay for your meal? Well, I'd much rather you get something from this rather than having another four adventurers free of charge. Five silver. I'll give you a meal. Morning and night. Yeah, that'll do. That'll be plenty. Make yeah. it ten. Ten. Oh. Oh. How generous of you. She winks at you. <laughs> Ma'am. Yes? Thank you. I'll give her five. U- who paid for Ugo? And I'll pay for me. Borel, did you pay for Flas? Is that what you've done? I paid for myself, but ten. Okay. All right. Well, Flas. I'll pay the five. Five silver. So, you all go lie down in bed. You, you rest. And, you know, as the elves do, they meditate through the night. And the others fall asleep after having their meals. They've had a long day. So, once again, Navarth, because you are just a weird individual, you actually sleep. <laughs> yep. Again, like normal, you dream about have that sweet dragon just flying in the wind. Can I also, while, while we're flying in the wind, I'm taking pot shots at Gardriel. Every single one of them are landing. And they're, they're all headshots. And they all land in the same spot. Spot, splitting the arrow each at a time. Uh, you're you're flo- you're floating on a cloud, um, and and for the record, I pick all of those arrows back up because old habits die hard. <laughs> right, and uh, then you are presented with a uh, dragon, and then I will not describe the rest of it because I do not want to give in. Boral, um, you dream of money. You know the song, money, money, money. That's basically playing most of I was going to say probably more like, uh, you know, maybe a Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd, yeah, sure. Whatever. And um, Ugo, you, um, you have a weird dream. You dream, and you've never actually seen him before, but you dream of Brighthammer, at least what you think to be Brighthammer. You dream that you see him shining bright, and then you're in your dream it's raining and you see a golden hammer fall to the ground and the edge of the hammer, the face of the hammer, is covered in blood. Spooky. Meanwhile, Falas, well, as you were meditating and getting deep into meditation again, as uh, you would have in the past, not just dreaming, you dream more about the same kind of things. You see fire, burning buildings, cities on fire, countless people being slaughtered in the streets, and then you hear a laugh 
a snickering laugh. Again, you see piercing eyes staring directly at you. You just hear a voice say, I'm coming. Young Duradim will never be safe. And that's going to end it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Find out what happens in the next episode as our adventurers venture forth from Sledge on to find young Durodim. As always, we appreciate you listening. And if you do, please go to our Twitter, Dingo Dim with Pod, and share with us the bits that you love about the show and also why you hate in the bath. And as always, we will see you in the next episode of Dingoes and Dimwits.